Well, just before we begin, I just want to remind you that maybe if, if, you're, if you're tuning in late or if you didn't miss some of the instructions, uh, again, what I want you to do today, kids and adults, if you want to as well, I want you to think if you were to invent your own superhero power, what would it be? Then I want you to draw it on a piece of paper. And uh, uh, hey, uh, those in the back up there, uh, visual media team, if we could display my picture again, I just forgot to explain one thing. Uh, I want you to, as, as w whatever superpower you draw, make sure your name is really big on the top there, and maybe whatever your description is, make sure it's really big so we can see what it is. And then what we want you to do is we want you to send it into projector at gebc.ca. Don't text it to me, don't e email it to me, because that's not going to do you any good. Uh, send it to projector at gebc.ca. That email will be displayed for you on the screen somewhere uh, on, on the screen here today. Looking forward to... Uh, seeing what you guys, what, your, what, what creative things you guys come up with. Now, we're hoping that we're not going to have any technical difficulties, so we're, we're hoping that whatever you send in will, will be displayed at some point during this message. And if not, maybe we'll have to uh, send it in later through email or something to the, to the church if, if, uh, for those who are interested in that. Maybe we'll send it in the newsletter. But, but when your picture is done, please send it in again to that email address Looking forward to seeing what you guys come up with. Well, we're continuing today in the book of John, the Gospel of John. And uh, we've been in this series for a while. And uh, we just want to remind you that the book of John was not written by some random dude who knew nothing about Jesus. He was one of Jesus' closest disciples. He was an eyewitness to everything that Jesus said and did. He was right beside Jesus when he was teaching. And whenever he was confused, he'd be able to go to Jesus and and ask him clarification of whatever it is he was teaching. He was there when Jesus was performing all sorts of incredible miracles uh, and, and was doing amazing things. And he had witnessed Jesus' life, his death, his resurrection, and the whole purpose of him writing the Gospel of John was, that, was so that we would come to faith in Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God, and the only way to God. And that's why he wrote every story and every passage in his Gospel was to point us to the to faith in Jesus. Now we're in John chapter 11 today and um, there is some passages where Jesus says a lot of great things and there's some passages where Jesus does a lot of great things and Jesus is doing both in this passage. And it's a very special passage and Jesus is going to do something amazing in this passage. Now I'm going to summarize some of the parts of this passage in my own words and I'll read some, some other parts because it is a long passage to get through. The story starts off uh, talking about a man named Lazarus, and Lazarus was sick, and Lazarus had two sisters. Their sisters, his sister's names were Mary and Martha, and uh, Mary and Martha and Lazarus had said multiple times in this passage that they had a very, well, they, they, Jesus loved them very much, which meant that he had a very special relationship with them. I almost get the sense that Jesus, or Lazarus, is one of Jesus's best buddies, you know, a really good friend, maybe, maybe more than a friend, someone that had just a very special relationship with him. Anyways, Lazarus, gets sick, like deathly sick. And so Mary and Martha, they send a message to Jesus because he's far off somewhere else doing ministry, doing whatever he's doing with his disciples. And the message gets to Jesus. And, um, and uh, you know, I, I, and, and I assume when they send this message to Jesus, they're asking Jesus, it doesn't say this in this passage, but they're saying, Jesus, the one you love, the one you have a special relationship with, he's deathly sick, and we want you to come, to come heal him, because we know you can heal him. That, at least that's what they're implying. And uh, I wonder if any of us can relate to Mary and Martha. Has there ever been a time in, in your life where maybe you were really concerned about something, really stressed out about something, and you went to God for help? 
and you asked him to intervene and help you in some way. I'm sure we can all think of relationships and sicknesses and things that were broken in our lives that needed fixing and went to God for help. So that's what it seems like they're doing here. And then Jesus says this. He says, when he heard the message, he says, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's glory may be glorified through it. And so uh, that's cool. Uh, but the disciples, I'm sure at, at this moment, didn't quite understand what he was getting at. He hears the message. He hears that Lazarus is really sick, but he decides that he's going to stay where he's at for another two days. In other words, he doesn't go right away. He delays. And so the disciples are thinking, okay, it must not be a serious sickness. Jesus knows better. And uh, certainly because Jesus loves Lazarus so much, he wouldn't delay unless it wasn't a really big deal. In the meantime, Mary and Martha were wondering probably where they were at. Why, why is Jesus taking so long? We told Jesus that Lazarus was sick, like really sick. And why is he ignoring us? Why is he delaying? Uh, Maybe some of us can resonate or, or, or um, connect with Mary and Martha with what they may have been thinking. Have you ever asked God for something that you were going through to help you with something you were going through only to feel like God was ignoring you or he was delaying his response? Well, that's certainly how Mary and Martha must have felt during this time as they're waiting for Jesus to come and heal Lazarus. Well, time passes and Jesus decides that he's going to go back to where Lazarus was. And disciples were like, are you sure? Because that area is dangerous. Remember last time you were there, the Jewish people wanted to stone you and kill you. Well, Jesus convinces them that it's time to go. And then he says this. He says, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going to wake him up. Now they thought Jesus was talking about Lazarus was actually sleeping. But no, what he meant, is, what he was saying by that, he was saying that actually Lazarus had died. And he said, uh, he said this, he says, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Now it's really cool. You know, let me just remind you back in Jesus's day, he didn't have text messaging. He didn't have phones. And so he would have just supernaturally, I think he would have just supernaturally known that Lazarus was dead. Uh, and, and But Jesus has a plan. He, he knew this was going to happen all along. And Jesus is about to do something really, really incredible. And so the disciples agree with Jesus that they are going to go back with Jesus to that location where Lazarus uh, had died, uh, even if it would cost them their lives. Verse 17. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, this is important. Um, this is important because... In their culture, in their day, according to that rabbinic belief, uh, when someone died, their soul would hover around their body for three days. And then on the fourth day, their soul would leave. So in other words, John is trying to say here um, that basically, now this is my own term that I've made up, that Lazarus, he's double dead. <laughs> he's, he's double dead. Like he's not just in a coma. He's not maybe dead. He's, he's deader than dead. He's, he's gone. And he, he shows up, and uh, Mary and Martha, they're grieving. Mary decides to stay home, and Martha decides to go to meet Jesus. And she says this when she meets him. She says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. And again, Martha and Mary and Lazarus and Jesus, they had this very special loving relationship with each other. And you get the sense on one hand, Martha's being respectful when she sees Jesus. But on the other hand, I kind of sense, I kind of sense that Martha is disappointed with Jesus. 
I imagine if, you know, if we were there, she may, there may have been some more conversation. She may have said, Jesus, didn't you know? Didn't you know that we sent someone to you? We sent a message to you letting you know Lazarus was really sick. Like, why didn't you take it seriously? Why did you ignore us? Why did you delay? We, we know you can heal. Like, don't you love Lazarus? I'm not sure exactly what she would have said because we don't have all the conversation, but I think that's kind of the tone where maybe what's going on in her mind. And I want you to do something here. Maybe on the chat, if, if you're up for it, I would love for you to share a time, if you can resonate with Martha here, share a time where you prayed for something and the, the, where, where God did not answer you in the way that you wanted him to or in the timing that you wanted him to. And maybe just if you can share it in, in a one sentence or two sentences, Share a time, I know this is a vulnerable thing, uh, share a time, again, where you prayed to God, you asked God for something to help, to help you in a way that you're struggling with, but God did not answer it in the timing that you wanted him to. Maybe he didn't even answer it in the way that you wanted him to. And in a moment, if someone is, is willing to share, I'll, uh, I'll read a couple of those comments on the chat uh, feed there. Anyways, the conversation with Martha continues. He says to Martha... He says, your brother will rise again. And she answered, yeah, I, yeah, I know. I know he will rise again in the resurrection in the last day. In other words, uh, yeah, I know one day we're going to be in heaven, those who put their faith in you. And I know in some distant future, I'll see him again. But um, uh, there's nothing more he can do, Jesus. I mean, it's over. Uh, he's been double dead. He's been dead for a long time. And I'm not too sure if he can really do, do much more help here. And I wonder if there's other people who, who, maybe, who are maybe watching right now. Maybe there's someone who kind of feels the same way. Maybe you've been struggling through something. You've prayed about it, and you feel like God has ignored you. It's dead. It's over. There's nothing more that can be done. Even God himself can't help. Maybe there's someone who kind of maybe feels the way that Martha may have been feeling. Well, the story continues, and Jesus, he says a lot of amazing things about himself, but this is a big one that he's about to say about himself. And he says this, he says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. That's a big statement. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? And we'll talk about this a bit later, but he's saying something really amazing here. And then Martha says, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the son of God who is to come into this world. And to the world, excuse me. And so Martha makes this incredible confession about who Jesus is, that he's the Messiah, the Son of God, and he's the fulfillment of Jewish expectations. And this is amazing. Now, it's, it's also amazing that it's coming from Martha, not Mary, because uh, if, if you know a little bit more about the story of Martha and Mary, there's another passage where Jesus was, was actually in their house, and he was teaching, and Martha's off doing all the household chores, and she's preparing stuff, she's probably cleaning things, and Mary's just sitting at Jesus' feet. And, and Martha is getting annoyed with Mary, and she goes to Jesus and says, Jesus, like, tell Mary, Mary to help me. Like, like, come on, this is not fair. And so Jesus simply responds and saying, you know, you know, Martha, don't, don't worry about it. Mary's actually doing what's better here. It's better to sit at my feet and, and to be glued in to what I'm teaching and to, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but to, to just have faith in me and to trust me and to see me as the most important thing in this world. And now it's Martha that is coming to meet with Jesus and it's Mary that's staying home and it's Martha that comes up with this incredible confession of faith in Jesus. 
Anyways, their conversation ends between Jesus and Martha. Martha goes and gets Mary. Mary comes out to meet Jesus. She's grieving. She has a crowd of people that are following her. They're all probably crying and weeping. And Mary comes to Jesus. And she says the exact same thing that Martha says. It's almost as if they were talking behind closed doors. And Mary says, Lord, if you had been here... My brother would not have died. Didn't you get the message? Don't you love us? Why, why did you ignore us? Why did you delay? I mean, it seems it's over. It's, 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 it's over. He's dead. There's no more options. I'm disappointed you didn't come. And so I'm not sure if anyone here has uh, mentioned anything here. Um, let me just check here. Oh, someone said self-esteem. Thank you for sharing, Deborah. Maybe others haven't shared yet, but that's okay. I know, I know there's been sometimes, I know in our lives, there's lots of times in our life where maybe we pray for something and it seems like God's ignoring us, that he's not listening. And, um, and, and that, that can be a struggle. And I think in this moment, Mary and Martha were kind of feeling that. Anyways, it was a sad situation. Lazarus had died. People had been grieving for four days. And... Um, Jesus, the, Martha was weeping, Mary was weeping, the other people were weeping, and Jesus, uh, he, he wept as well. He wept after they, he asked where the tomb was, they showed him where the tomb was, and he wept. And as the people observed that, they, they, they saw that, you know what, Jesus, Jesus truly loved Lazarus. Because some people were probably thinking, if Jesus didn't come back when he was told about Lazarus' sickness, I'm not sure if he really does love Lazarus. But he wept, and they said, see how he loved him. And how does it make you feel that Jesus wept? I think for me, that's pretty incredible. Let me ask you a different question. How, how would it make you feel if you knew that Jesus wept over your situation and your struggle and your trial? The story continues. Uh, the crowd, the Jews, they said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind have kept this man from dying? And so the crowd is probably thinking, all right, Jesus is here just to pay his respects. He's here to cry and grieve with the family, which is beautiful. But that's all. That's, that's where the story is going to end. He's just going to grieve with the family. He's going to go home. That's the end of the story. It's over. There's no more options. That's where the story should have ended. But that's not where the story ends. The story continues. Uh, verse 38. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there's a bad odor, for he has been there for four days. Um, when a body dies, it gets really, really stinky and gross, especially after four days. And uh, Jesus was, was asking something that was abnormal. Uh, uh, Martha was saying, well, are you, are you sure his body's going to be gross? Like, Jesus, he's, he's double dead. He's been gone for a long time. I don't know if you know that, but he's been gone for a long time. Nevertheless, they, they listened to him. Uh, Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took, this, took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. 
holy smokes. Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead after being dead for four days. Can you believe that? That's absolutely amazing. And he does it just by speaking three words. He doesn't throw any lotions or potions on him. He doesn't even go, he doesn't even touch him. Just by the, just by his words, he says, Lazarus comes out, come out and he, and this dead man comes to life. Absolutely incredible. Imagine if you were there during that time. Imagine if you were there grieving and crying over Lazarus for four days with Mary and Martha. And then you see Jesus walking in and with three words, Lazarus comes back to life. Now, I don't know about you. I've never fainted in my life, but I could see myself just fainting, just just out of shock and awe of what I would have been seeing with my eyes, seeing Jesus raise someone from the dead. Absolutely amazing. And so... uh, I I want to talk about some of the things we learn from this, this story, but before we do that, I think it's, I think I want to pause on the story for a second here. I want to take a look at maybe some of the pictures that you may have sent in. Hopefully there's someone who has sent in some pictures. Are there any pictures in tech crew up there? We have one. No, we have 10, 10 pictures. That's awesome. And I'm going to go closer to the, to the screen here to see if I can see some of the names of the people who wrote them. Evelyn's power is the, what does it say? Make snow. Oh, that's so awesome, Evelyn. And that, is that Olaf? She's making Olaf, age four. I love it. I, I love snow as a kid. Thanks, Evelyn, for sharing. Next picture. Oh, I think that's Gillis. Uh, flying man. Is that Gillis? I think I saw him uh, writing that today. That's so awesome. I think it's Gillis, because I think I saw him drawing that today. <laughs> Next one. Making unicorns be alive. Oh, that's cool. Jocelyn, thanks for, thanks for sharing that. That's phenomenal. And I uh, love, love your creativity there. This one is, um, it's hard for me to read because I'm on the stage here. Is that Elijah? And it's behind me too. And um, U-A-N-I-S-U-N. Vanishing into smoke. Invisible power. I love it. Well, let's, let's go to the next one. This one is, my power is to use people from, uh, raise, is that raise people from the dead? Jalen, that's cool. I like that power. That's, of course, the one that Jesus has in this story. Let's go to the next one. Lava man. Oh, that's cool. You can melt people. That's Emmanuel. And uh, Lava Man, Lava Man, Lava Man, Emmanuel. I love the colors. It's not just orange. It's not just red, but it's a mix of the two. That's great. And let's go to the next one. Invisibility. That's Projector Man. <laughs> to do acts of kindness without needing credit. Oh, that's cool. Thanks, Projector Man, for sharing. How many more do we have, guys? Let's go to the next one. Two more. All right. Next one is Eliana. And her power is to conjure up my bike. Am I reading that right? Conjure up my bike and make it disappear when I want it to. Whoa. Useful skill. Useful skill. You could like sneak out to the candy store without your parents knowing. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> and uh, we have another one here. This is lightning strikes. This is Jack Shaw. I guess he has the power to make lightning. That is so cool. You'd be so strong. You could like destroy anything if you were fighting bad guys. Thanks, Jack, for sharing. 
Now, if there are others, don't panic. Uh, we'll come to them later. So if there's any others that want to send them in, again, send them in to projector at gbc.ca and we'll maybe come up to any, any stragglers who are maybe late in getting them, get, getting them in. So uh, thanks, thanks again so much for sharing. So Jesus, he has this superpower to raise the dead to life. That is an amazing superpower. And if there's one thing I want you to take home from this story from Lazarus, um, you know, the story of Lazarus in John chapter 11, it's this. If Jesus can raise someone from the dead, I can trust him no matter what. And again, if there's one thing I want you to walk away from, it's that. If Jesus can raise Lazarus from the dead, I can trust him no matter what. And that's true for a child. If there's a child who's struggling with something right now and you're asking God for help, you need to know if Jesus can raise Lazarus from the dead, you can trust him no matter what. Maybe there's someone else who's watching right now and uh, you're not sure whether you should put your faith in Jesus or not. Or maybe you're not sure whether to put your full trust in him yet. And I want to say to you, you can put your trust in him. Because if Jesus can raise someone from the dead, you can trust him no matter what. The same is true for someone who's been walking with the Lord for 40 years. Maybe you consider yourself a mature believer and you've been following the Lord for decades. But yet sometimes mature believers even forget this. I guarantee you there are mature believers forgetting this right now. And you're not trusting in God for some reason. Uh, and, and maybe you're, you've, you're letting your mind control your whatever. You're, you're, you're letting your doubts control you and you forget that Jesus is more powerful than you think. You need to remember, mature believer, uh, or whoever you are, that if Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead, that you can trust him no matter what. Now, there's five things I want to say that help us understand this point a little bit better. The first thing I want to say is this. Um, this isn't just really a superpower that Jesus has, the ability to raise people from the dead. It's not just something he does, it's who he is. It's part of his character. Jesus didn't say, I'm awesome and I happen to raise people from the dead. He said, no, 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 I am the resurrection and I am the life. In other words, when you put your faith in Jesus, you experience life. Uh, you experience eternal life. And this eternal life doesn't just start somewhere in the distant future in heaven. It starts right here, right now. When you put your faith in Jesus today and right now, your eternal life starts now. The Bible says when you put your faith in Jesus, you are born again. You are a, a new creation. You come to life. Now, um, let me just illustrate it in this way. I know zombies are a very popular thing in our world today, and Minecraft is a very popular thing in our world today. And I'm not a Minecraft expert, but I'm told that sometimes uh, there are villagers that turn into zombies. And the way that you cure a zombie is that you throw a potion in their face to distract them, and then you give them a golden apple. And when the, golden, and when the zombies eat the golden apple, they are cured of being a zombie, a, what you know, we might call a zombie, a dead man walking. And they, they eat this golden apple, and then they're cured back to being a villager. They're, 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 they're given their life back again, so to speak. And in a similar way, the Bible doesn't call us zombies, but it does say that while we were sinners, while we were dead in our sins, that Christ died for us. It's kind of like in a spiritual state, we're all kind of like walking dead. We're all kind of like zombies, in a sense, and that we're the walking dead, and, and the antidote for being walking dead or zombies is to receive the golden apple. Jesus is kind of like the golden apple that we receive and that, that gives us life. And that might be a bad illustration, but the point is, is that 
spiritually, we are, we are all dead without Jesus. We are lost in our sins. And when we put our faith in Jesus, he cures us from our state of zombiness and gives us true, lasting, eternal life. And even in this life, even though we will die, we will live with Jesus forever. And why can we trust Jesus with that? Because if Jesus could raise Lazarus from the dead, I can trust him no matter what. Number two, the second thing I want to say here is that Jesus offers help in this life, in the present, uh, and, and not just, not just in, in the future state, in eternity, in heaven. Remember that Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead in this life. Jesus still does miraculous, incredible things in our world, in our day, in our life today. Uh, when you put your faith in Jesus, it's not about sitting around just enduring suffering and, and waiting to die <laughs> so you can go to heaven and everything can be better. Yes, Jesus said hard times will come our way in this life, but at the same time, he still offers miraculous help and healing in our day right now. There are people that Jesus will physically heal in this life. I hear stories of people being raised to, from the dead in this life. Uh, he heals broken relationships. He heals people who are stuck in financial messes. He can help you in whatever workplace challenge or whatever ministry challenge you're facing with right now. And maybe there's someone in this in, who's watching right now and God's given you a vision of your life, of the future, and you really feel it was from the Lord, but for whatever reason, it's not happening right now. And, and you know what? Maybe, maybe you've lost hope. But you know what? If that is a God-given vision, he will see that to fruition. You just need to trust him. There is no story too hopeless for God to help. No matter how, what, if there's someone out there who's feeling hopeless about your situation, your story, God can and he wants to help you in the right here and the right now. And, you know, even mature believers need to remember this because sometimes we can lose hope in our circumstances and we can trust in our own wisdom, uh, but we can't be doing that. We need to remember that, that God is good. He loves us and he wants to help us in this life, not just wait for us to get to heaven. So remember, if, if Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead, I can trust him no matter what. And I can trust him to help in this life. Number three, uh, this story teaches us that we can be patient with delays. Remember in this story, Jesus was told about Lazarus' sickness, but he delayed. And there was purpose in that. He had a bigger purpose in mind. And in a similar way, when we ask God for help, and when, he, when it feels like he delays, we need to trust that he knows better. God is in control of the timing of everything. If we take a step back and look at the Gospels and look at Jesus' story, there's a lot of people that wanted Jesus, Jesus dead, but he died when he was good and ready to lay down his life for us. In, in a similar way, uh, he is in control of the timing of, of, the, of the events that happen in our life. And sometimes, uh, you know, he will answer in ways we don't expect or maybe in different ways than what we were hoping for. And, he, and the timing of when he answers things are different than what we were hoping for. And at the end of the day, we just have to trust him. If Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead in, in, the, in the way that he did it, I can trust him no matter what. Number four, sometimes God allows things to get worse before they get better. And the reason why sometimes is that because God wants to stretch our faith. He wants to stretch our faith. In this story with Lazarus, Jesus allowed things to get worse before he, 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 he showed up. And his purpose was so that we, our faith in him would grow. I mean, Jesus could have come straight to Lazarus when he, heard he, when he heard he was sick and he could have healed him, which would have been amazing, but that wouldn't have been too much different than what he had already done when, with, 
and all sorts of other examples. It, it's, it's so much cooler and, and better that, 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 that Jesus raised Lazarus after he had been dead for four days. And it caused people to, for, for their faith in him to, to just deepen, uh, just, just, just to grow deep with Jesus at a much deeper uh, level. You know, there's a story that comes to mind in the Bible. It's a story of Gideon. And that, that story of Gideon can be found in the book of Judges. You can read it later. But the people of Israel are being just brutally mistreated by the surrounding nations. And the surrounding nations, they gather up an army. And the, the army, I think, is 135,000 people, 135,000 soldiers. And uh, God tells Gideon to put an army together and to go fight this battle. And the Israelites have, I think it was, uh, I think it was 32,000 soldiers. So 32,000 soldiers against 135,000 soldiers. They were already vastly outnumbered, about less than one to four. And God says, you know what? Your little army is too big. I don't want this. I don't want your army. Your army needs to be, you need to shrink it. So go tell your troops if you're afraid to go home. And so 22,000 troops went home. So now they have 10,000 troops against 135,000 troops. And God says, you know what? Your, 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 uh, your army of 10,000 uh, fighting men, still too big. I, I don't like it. I want you to shrink it a little more. And so Gideon shrinks his army down to 300 men. 300 men against, well, maybe like that. 300 men against 135,000 men. That's like a ratio of one, one man fighting 450 men. Could you imagine? I, 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 we wouldn't stand a chance. That's impossible. And God wanted to make sure that the odds were absolutely impossible so that when he did pull off this military victory, which, which he did in this story, people would know without a shadow of a doubt, it wasn't by human power or human strength that did it. It was God who did the impossible. God wanted to let things to get worse and to shrink the army and to put themselves in an impossible situation so they would come to trust God, that their faith in him would grow, that God would get the credit. And you know, how about you? Are you in a situation, maybe you're, you're praying to God to, for God to pull through for you in some way or for God to answer some of your prayers and it feels like uh, God is not just ignoring you or delaying, but the situation only seems to be getting worse. Well, just know that, uh, that God's in control and he knows what's best. And just as he um, helped Lazarus in his situation, in his impossible situation, he can surely help you in your situation. Remember, if Jesus could raise Lazarus from the dead, you can trust him no matter what. Number five, uh, Jesus wept. He wept over Lazarus. That is cool. And you know, there's other passages where Jesus weeps as well. There's another passage where Jesus, he's looking at Jerusalem and he's crying over Jerusalem and he's crying over their unbelief in him. There's another passage in Hebrews where it t- speaks of Jesus being our high priest uh, who, who prays on our behalf with cries and tears. You know, how, how would it make you feel if you knew that Jesus weeps over you in your situation in whatever struggle or trial that you're going through right now? And I want to encourage you, uh, never doubt or question God's love for you. Never doubt that. You need to know that Jesus has seen every tear that you've cried and he's been with you in the deepest, darkest valleys of life in whatever trial you go through. He's not a robot that watches you from a distance. 
He walks with you in the deepest, darkest valleys of life. He loves you. He cares for you. And that's just another reason why we can trust him. And again, if Jesus could raise Lazarus from the dead, I can trust him no matter what. It doesn't matter if you're a child, if you're someone who's considering putting your faith in Jesus, if you've been walking with him for decades, we need to be reminded of this incredible truth. I need to be reminded of this incredible truth. Okay, um, before we end here, I'm going to look at a few more pictures. It looks like there's 13 more pictures that we're going to see now. And uh, let's take a look at that visual media team. So if you can pull it up. Oh, that's a cool picture. Turn into an animal. Whoa. And who is that? I bet you that's one of the Siemens kids uh, who did that. Uh, turn into an animal. And then we have Gregory. Uh, whoa, tornado power. That would be like splitso, sort of fire, nunchucks of lightning, four golden weapons of splitso, splitsos of clocks. Looks like tornadoes and swords and just pure awesomeness. Thanks, Gregory, for sharing. <laughs> Next one is flying. Um, Sam, and let me read this sideways here. Sorry, can't draw, but flying is his superpower. <laughs> nice. Thanks, Sam, for sharing. And then we have sleeping with a textbook under my pillow. Learn what's in it. Uh, I know so many things. Oh, I get it. So your textbook automatically downloads to your brain so you never have to study. That might be my favorite. I love it. Um, shape shifting. Me turning into an eagle. This is Addy. That's awesome. So you can turn into whatever shape or animal you like. That is awesome. There is, that looks like Gillis again. Or maybe, maybe not Gillis. I don't know. We, Tam, flying, flying. That's so awesome. Next. We have Maribel to talk to animals. Oh, that is amazing. I'd love to know what animals are thinking or saying. You know, there's a movie on that. Uh, let's go back to the previous one. I want to see what the cat and the dog said there. Hello, can I have some food? I like it. Let's go to the next one. Ice power. That was, that's Caitlin. So the ability to make ice, kind of like the snow princess, I guess, in Disney. Thanks, Caitlin, for sharing. Next is ice ball power. Evangeline. And uh, that's great. Next one, Eva did this, shooting power. Um, um, hmm, trying to read that one there. I'm not sure what that says. N-S-E-E-S, -E -E uh, something did H-I-A. Um, I can, can, is there a dad that can translate here? No. <laughs> cool, thanks for sharing. Oh, that's Gillis's. Uh, there's a spider in the middle and it's just a bunch of heroes, I guess, fighting each other. And I'm not sure if the spider won today or all the other guys, but there's tra-la-la and other things going on. There's the fearless man, the power to vanquish anxiety and fear in the hearts of humankind. Whoa, that's cool. I wish I knew who did that one because that's a really cool one. Uh, shape shifting Lego version. Addy. So, oh, that's cool. Uh, they got the little Lego girl turning into a, <laughs> a cat or a dog or something. That's awesome. Next is Rory. Kid, my name means famous power, defender of men. Kako, she is a puppy. One is turning into a puppy. I guess it's, um, I don't know what's going on. 
but you're defending puppies, maybe? It's, it's pretty cool. Thanks, Rory, for sending that in. Uh, next one. That's it. Well, thank you so much for sharing. And uh, if there's anyone else that maybe didn't get their picture in, uh, I'm sure we can send in, in, in through the newsletter or something. That's so awesome that you guys participated. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you guys tuned in. So again, where I want to leave you, I'm going to invite the worship team to come back now, and I'm going to pray in a moment. But one thing, again, I just, that, that we need to realize that the reason why John wrote this passage in the whole Gospel of John was so that we would ultimately put our faith in Jesus. And so it doesn't matter how old or young you are or how new or old you are to following Jesus, we all need to be reminded all the time, I know I needed this message for myself today, if Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead, I can trust him no matter what let me let me pray lord you are you are so good and you are so awesome you don't just have a superpower to raise people from the dead that's who you are you are the resurrection and the life lord help us to put our faith in you and our trust in you at a deeper level today wherever we're at we're all coming uh into the service today at a different place and again, I just pray that we would, our faith and our trust in you would, would just deepen. And uh, for those of us who are struggling through a trial right now, help us not to try to figure it out in our own power and our own wisdom, but help us to trust in you. And I thank you that you are God, not just a distant God of the future, but you are a God who is presently involved in our lives today. We pray that you would break through in our lives where we need help. And we thank you that you, you're walking with us through our joys and our sorrows of life. Thank you for your love and help us to never doubt that. Amen.